0: Well, hello everyone. It is really great to be with you today. We have been doing a, a series on mindfulness, and I'm going to try and do a message today that's a little bit parallel to that. It's more of a standalone message, but I believe it's a word for this season. The title of my message today is From Desert to Oasis, How to Find refreshment. And oh, I don't know about you, some of us are longing to go back on our travels so that we can travel to a place where we can find rest and replenishment, but more than a holiday, I want to try and teach you a spiritual principle today of how to move to a place of refreshment in your life. Now. We belong to a family of churches called Elam, and the word Elam means oasis. It comes from Exodus chapter 15, so turn there in your Bible, and we're going to discover how this word Elam came into uh, being an existence, and it's right from the Scriptures. Let's read from verse 22 in Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. I don't know what you would feel like after three days in the desert without water. Surely they were thirsty, they were dry, they were hungry, they were ready to get out of this season. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. This is why that place is now called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we going to drink? And Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw the piece of wood into the water and the water became fit to drink. Then the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them To this test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees. I will not bring on you any of the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. Then they came to Elam, the oasis, the place of refreshment. When some certain things had happened, they came to a place of refreshment. I want you to pick up on that. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near near the water. I want to ask you today, Are you in a bit of a dry place? There's no doubt that the season that we're in has been challenging for many of us. It's been hard in different ways. One of the reasons that we're finding it hard is because it's out of our control. And one of the keys and secrets to life is to focus on the things that you can control instead of always worrying about the things that you can't control it's a really important key to life. And, and in this season that we're all in, it, it's out of our control, so it's causing us a little bit of more stress. When we try and control the things that we can't control, it adds pressure to our lives. And, and that's why many people are reporting that they're, they're tired, that they're, they're kind of, there's this latent, anxious feeling all the time. One of the amazing things about the Bible is that it often has accounts and stories in it. Obviously, they're real things that happened that mirror what we're going through now. And this story that I've just read to you today is just one of those things that the relocation of the people from Egypt into ...Israel into the Promised Land... Was, ...was a season that often stretched the people to their limits. Uh, th- this finding the new homeland... ...and, oh, when is this going to be over... Was, ...was often the cry of Israel They became weary... ...wondering how long this journey was going on. And they, like us, had to learn to find refreshments... Whilst in the season. And that's my message today. How can we come to a place of oasis, of refreshment, right in the middle of this season? This story has got lots of contrasts. For instance, they begin in a desert and they end in an oasis. If you're in a desert right now, I want to teach you some principles that takes you to the oasis, to the place of refreshment in life. They began with the problem of undrinkable water, and the story ends where they are next to fresh water. And also, we could also make the point that the story has them grumbling in it, but then ends with the clear instructions of God, from grumbling to revelation, from desert to oasis. From undrinkable water to fresh water. Wouldn't you like to go today to a place of refreshment? Wouldn't you like to travel to a place of revelation? How can we move from this oasis, from this bitter water, from this grumbling, over to uh, how can we move from the desert from the, to the oasis, from, from bitter water to fresh water, from, from grumbling to revelation? How are we going to travel to that place you know, when I was in India, in Trichipali, and we've got a church there over in Trichy, I looked at my phone and the temperature was 40 degrees. And for an Englishman, 40 degrees is just out of the question. For some of you, you were just longing for those temperatures again from some of the uh, places that you come from. But for me, I was absolutely melting. I was, I was overheating. And I think that's how some of us are in life today, that actually the heat has been turned up, and it's draining you, and you can't wait to get back to that place where you can be in a place of refreshment. Well, today I want to teach you three principles of moving from dryness to refreshment, three simple ideas. And actually, they are simple. There are things that you probably already know, but these three things will take you from a place of of feeling overheated and worn out to a place of refreshment. Firstly, number one, we see in verse 25, it says, and Moses cried out to the Lord. Moses seeks and asks and begins to intercede. And this term, cry out, is really strong. And it might seem an obvious answer, but in order for you to move forward, you need to pray. But not just speak a few things, but you have to pray before you plan and your prayer has to be deeply from within us. We know in the New Testament that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit intercedes from within us and groans with words we can't say. And what we've got to do is get into this intercession type praying this 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 real praying not just a few words but if you want to move from a dry place to a refreshment place it's time that as you begin a deeper type of prayer, a, a, a kind of spending time with God where you think, you know what, I'm just going to stay a bit longer and, and really say what's on my heart. When you get onto that type of praying, Moses didn't just say, Oh Lord, can you help? He cried out. He began to say, God, I really need to hear what you have to say. And then It's when you do that type of praying, that's when revelation comes. Out of that sense of desperation, out of that crying out to God, it's from that place that we can begin to plan. I am guilty, like many of us, we jump to the plan before we've prayed. And I want to just reverse that. You've got some things in your life right now and you're planning and hoping that they'll change but actually you need to pray before you plan. And that's the first step of moving from dryness to refreshment. So why not make a, a fresh commitment this week to say I'm going to spend some a little bit of extra time but in deeper prayer, more earnest prayer, more prayer that's a bit more honest. The second thing is that when Moses cried out to God, the Lord showed him a piece of wood. The revelation was something that might seem unimportant or weak or what good is that? The Lord actually said, look at that piece of wood and that has got your answer. He showed him a piece of wood. I just want to make the point, we have a piece of wood that changes everything in our lives. It's called the cross. And because as Christians, we have become so familiar uh, of saying the cross, wearing a cross, we forget all what Jesus did on the cross. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. God wants to use something as foolish as the cross to teach us just a, just a, a great deal about his inner nature. We have to trust that this means that God has chosen the cross this, this weak and unimportant looking thing is actually the, the means of healing and change for all of our lives. And, and instead of us being so used to it, I want to take you back to the cross. And I know this might seem an old-fashioned thing to do, but will you come back with me to the cross? Because what Jesus did on the cross brings restoration to the mind, the body, the emotions, the soul, everything about you. ...can be touched by what Jesus did on the cross. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 says... ...and and through him to reconcile himself to all things... ...whether things on earth or things in heaven... ...by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The Bible is absolutely clear... ...that the cross is central to everything you need... Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 says, He's canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it, to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over the cross. Can somebody put a clap offering on the feed right now? Because Jesus has triumphed through the cross. But wait and stay with me, because I'm going to teach you some things of how he's done that. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. So that we might die to sins and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. You see, we need to go back and see what Jesus did on the cross. When you're in a dry place. When you're in that place of, I don't know what to do. That that you actually go back and have a look at what he did on the cross. Understand that a little bit more. And when when you do that. It will bring refreshment into your heart and into your soul. So yes, I'm saying something really simple today. Pray deeply. But secondly, go back to the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, he made seven statements. And I'll just take you through those really quickly to try and get you to jump in again and give you a fresh revelation again of how important what Jesus did on the cross is to us. First of all, when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You see, forgiveness is our biggest need. We need to be forgiven of our sins. And if you're struggling today, you can be forgiven of your sins by coming to Jesus and saying, Thank you for what you did on the cross. He completely offered his life and offered forgiveness for our sins. If you're guilty today, and that's causing dryness, ask God for forgiveness. And then in Luke chapter 24, he turns to a thief on the cross and says, Today you will be with me in paradise. And that tells me that Jesus meets our need for wondering what will happen in the afterlife. Many people think, I wonder if there's anything after this life. Well, the cross tells us there is something after this life. And we can go to that paradise if we begin to receive and we accept Jesus. And also, the person uh, asking Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, he'd not done anything. He nothing to earn it. He just simply said, remember me. And, and today, Jesus wants to say to you, Forget all your striving and all your working, but come to me, and I will guarantee you the afterlife. The next thing that Jesus said from the cross, you can read it in John chapter 19, verse 26. He looked at his mother and said, woman, behold your son. And then looking at the apostle John, he said, and behold your mother. Jesus took care, even in his moment of agony, of his family and the cross reminds us that our family relationships are crucial you know actually in taking care of his mother by the jewish law it was the oldest son's responsibility to take care of the family if the father had passed away and right to the end jesus was obeying the law by doing this we can obey god even under pressure We can remember that God can give us strength even under pressure that Jesus was under. He still obeyed. But the cross reminds us that our families are important to God. And that he wants you to make sure that you include him in your family life. So that he can begin to shape that and mold that into what he wants it to be. And then probably the most dramatic statement that Jesus said from the cross, you can see it there. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And and Jesus totally understands our separation from God. For for you who are dry right now, for you who you don't feel God, you don't don't sense his, his presence at all, and and you feel like you're drifting away from divine purpose on the cross, Jesus says, I understand exactly how you feel because I felt like that too. This was the moment, this was the exact moment when actually Jesus was made sin for our sake. When when Jesus actually took on the punishment that the Father was pouring on him after having all the sweet communion... For all eternity, he'd known the presence of God. For all through his life, he'd known the presence of God. And this was the actual moment when he was cut off and punished for our sin so that we might not be punished. And so today, if you're punishing yourself, I want you to know that Jesus has already taken that punishment. If you're guilty about the things you've done, sure, you've got to confess them, you've got to ask for forgiveness, but know this... That Jesus, who knew no sin, was made sin so that you can be made the righteousness of God. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. Understand that he totally gets it, that you might feel separated from God. But he's reaching out to you right now and you can understand. You can move from that dry place to a refreshment place by understanding that he took your punishment. And then from the cross, Jesus said, I thirst. This is hard, I thirst. You can see that in John chapter 19, verse 28. You can see it. And when you look at Jesus on the cross, and you know that he's thirsty, and he's almost wrung out, we know that he totally understands all our human feelings. That he totally gets that we have human needs. In fact, in another place, Jesus, teaching about provision, said, surely don't you know that your Father knows you need all these things? He's going to provide for you. Jesus gets it that you are wrung out sometimes. And he knows your human needs. And then Jesus said from the cross, it is finished And this wasn't a cry of resignation like, oh, I'm glad that's over. It was more of a cry for a victory. In fact, in the Greek, the word finished means it's really complete. There's nothing left out. There is not one thing left undone that I needed to do. It's complete. It's finished. It's not a resignation speech. It's a cry of victory. And this is the point. In what Jesus did on the cross, it's enough. Stop trying to think, oh, do I need this? Do I need that? What Jesus has done on the cross is enough to save you, heal you, build you, repurpose you. It is enough. Stop striving. And lastly, the words from the cross. Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You can read that in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And Jesus did not have his life drained out from him. Nobody took his life away from him. He gave it. In fact, really this phrase means that Jesus dismissed his spirit and said, okay, now you can go. But what he does is we see that At the end of his life is the way we must live our lives. He gave his spirit over to submission and the care of his father. And the way Jesus ended our lives is how you have to carry on right now and give your life in submission and care to God. You see, the cross of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross meets every spiritual human need that you have and I want to take you back to the cross today if you're in a dry place and just get a glimpse of what Jesus did on there and let that begin to replenish the inside of your spirit And, and in our story Moses takes this unimportant piece of wood and throws it in the midst of the bitter water. And I want to say to you, take what Jesus did on the cross and put it right in the middle of your life and your problems and your dryness and your bitterness, and that cross will begin to purify and sweeten out everything in your life. Number one, pray like you really mean it. Number two, go back And have a look at what Jesus did on that unimportant piece of wood, the cross, that actually is completely important and life-changing and history-making. Number three, and the last way we can move from dryness to oasis today is... Moses then and then then, there is a call for ongoing obedience and trust. This leads to a deeper revelation of the healing nature of God. Let me remind you of it. It says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what's right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep his decrees, I will not bring you on any of these diseases that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. You see, I have to say to you today that it's ongoing obedience that brings you a deeper revelation of the healing nature of God. This is a call for you to be different uh, than your old life. This is a, a test. God always actually does give us uh, uh, alternatives. He says, Well, you can choose that way, or you can choose to get into obeying me get into what my word is you can choose the alternative of what the right thing to do is this is when he says listen carefully he's saying perceive it take it into your inner being he's saying do do what's right. Act on things that you know are right. Don't just intend what they do. And he says, pay attention to my commands. Look at the details of them. Don't loosely interpret them. They mean what they mean. You know, the Ten Commandments are not ten suggestions. They are ten commandments. There are some things that Jesus says, don't do this. Understand it. Do that. Understand that it will help you. And if you live like that, instead of having this loose association with truth, then God will refresh you. Everything I've tried to uh, work around to my advantage without consulting God has never worked to my advantage. You see, you have to create a wise environment around your life Through ongoing obedience so that you guard what God is doing in your life. You've got to put some shields around. God's doing some precious things for you. But if you live recklessly, you'll spoil it. I want you to notice something. In this passage of Scripture, it tells you about Moses crying out to God. It tells you about this, this strange thing of saying, look at that piece of wood and throw that into the middle of the bitter water. And then it tells you about the instructions that Moses give. And then it says, and then they came to Elam. It's, it's like that. Moses had to cry out, then he had to see the wood, and then he had to get the commitment of, of living in obedience, and then they got to the oasis. And that's actually how it works. These three things will bring you to the place of refreshment. Number one, deep, earnest prayer. The prayer that says, I- I'm not letting you go until you bless me, Lord. Number two, going back to the cross. And you know, lots of you love the hymn, the old rugged cross. Well, why don't we just go back there and look at what Jesus did and, and begin to say, you know, this is enough for me. This can forgive me. This can heal me. This this is enough for me. Why don't you go back there? And number three, ongoing obedience so that you're not living carelessly, that you are checking in your rearview mirror. You're checking around yourself. You know, uh, some of you know I've just bought a new car. It's got so many sensors and beeps and safety things. It's always checking around for safety, and, and that's how we need to be a cycle of these three things will bring you out of a dry spell so today we're going to we're going to spend some moments in worship in just a few moments but i wonder if you could kind of stand with me where you are or 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 right where you are in your living room if you if you could kind of just get into a posture of worship and say yeah lord i I really want to speak to you. This is really what's on my mind. Yes, Lord, thank you for what you've done on the cross. Show me the part of the cross that I need. Is it that you need to understand that he understands you? Or is it that you need to say, okay, there's some of the commandments that I've got a loose association with. I'm going to tighten up my obedience by your grace, by your help, by your strength, of course. Not on my own strength, but help me, Lord. I want to obey. Come on, why don't you just come right now and we're going to go into a time of worship and let's just worship God as we go from a dry place, it may take you a while, to a place of rest, replenishment and oasis. God bless you and thank you for listening today.